With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. Yes, yes, sit back, relax, and let me talk to you for a second, good people. Welcome back to the channel, to the station. This is Destination Debbie, and y'all know who it is, man. I am the host, the captain of this here thing that we do, Ray G. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Ray GQ. There's a lot of stuff that I tweet out during games, a lot of stuff that I talk about during the week, about these players, about these rookies, about these prospects, about situations that I just don't have time to get on YouTube and talk about. So if you're on Twitter, make sure you're following me at Ray GQ. Make sure you're following the show at Destination Debbie as well. And if you enjoy the content, if you enjoy the vibe that we're laying down over here, if you if you feel like this is actionable, entertaining content, then goddammit, press the subscribe button, smash the like button. I would greatly appreciate it. And for everybody listening in your car, and your radio, and the train, on the plane, on your way to work, on your way home, I appreciate y'all as well. Appreciate my partners, uh, Sleeper Wire, DL Left, Blue Wire, all the good people that make this thing possible. And I appreciate you guys, the listeners, more so than anything. We've reached that point in the season, man, where this is no longer the rookie review. It's not the rookie report. This is the rookie wrap-up. We know what players are good. We know that JT is going to eventually break out and be a stud. We know James Robinson was a hidden gem. We know that Justin Jefferson is probably a Pro Bowl player this year. We understand all of that. This show, this show today, we're going to dive into some of those rookies who have underperformed or were on the precipice, right on the cusp of breaking out. But they just, they just didn't get there this season. 
but we saw enough hope and promise from these players to want to invest in them for fantasy teams. There's enough that they laid down or at least some flashes or damn it. It's just blind faith and hope that we think these players are going to break out next year and therefore provide us a little bit of value, a little bit of discount if we're trying to acquire them in dynasty. And uh, I want to jump into my top like five or six players that I think have an opportunity to shine next year. But before that, I want to review sort of my top 12 rookies coming into the season. I had some hits, had some misses, and we'll check that out right after we drop the intro, baby. You got barbecue back there and you didn't invite me to hurt my feelings. All right. So looking back at my top 12 rookies for fantasy football entering this 2020 season, uh, right before the season started, I had these guys, uh, we'll go in inverse order at 12. I had Brandon Ayuk at 11, Henry Ruggs, 10, CD Lamb, nine, Jerry Judy, eight, LaVisca Chenault, seven, JK Dobbins, six, Jalen Rager, five, DeAndre Swift, four, Antonio Gibson, three, Cam Akers, two, Jonathan Taylor, and one, Clyde Edwards E. Lair. The glaring omissions from this list that have have crushed it in fantasy football this year that were big-time misses for me, a lot of people in the community, uh, Chase Claypool, wide receiver of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Claypool, dominant. I mean, talking about Pro Pro Bowl wide receivers, I know A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill in the AFC, but you you, you can't talk about Pro Bowl caliber players without mentioning Chase Claypool. He's been absolutely phenomenal when he's on the field and and not just phenomenal. I mean, dominant, looking like a true alpha. I mean, he he's part of the reason why Juju Smith-Schuster is not going to be back with Pittsburgh next season. It's not happening. Uh, Chase Claypool has looked phenomenal. Justin Jefferson. If you go back and look at my top five wide receivers, I believe I had Justin Jefferson ranked fourth overall with the rookies. So it wasn't that I was not a believer in Justin Jefferson's talent. Go check the receipts, baby. I I was all on Justin Jefferson. I was saying, telling people to draft Justin Jefferson ahead of Jerry Judy. I thought he was the discount version of Jerry Judy. I knew he would be good. I didn't know he was going to be this dominant this early and this fast. That really took me by surprise. I I didn't see it coming uh, early in 2020. I believe the exact take was by the end of the 2020 season, he will overtake Adam Thielen as the alpha in that offense. And it happened. I mean, both of them have been balling out, but Justin Jefferson, dynamic, dynamite, awesome wide receiver on a historic pace right now. Anytime you're in the same graphics as a player like Randy Moss, you know, you're doing something well. James Robinson. I mean, the best rookie running back in 2020. Undrafted free agent, Leonard Fournette release, Divina Zigbo, Raquel Armstead, non-existent, James Robinson, a player who early on I was telling everybody, sell, sell, sell. If you get a first round pick, if you get a second round pick for him, get rid of him, get rid of him, get rid of him. Complete 180. I'm acquiring, acquiring, acquiring. In a recent dynasty startup, I took him in the fourth round, uh, the 410. And in a league that I'm competing in, in a Debbie league that I'm competing in, I actually traded Rondell Moore, my wide receiver one in the 2021 class, in order to acquire James Robinson straight up. So Rondell Moore for James Robinson straight up. James Robinson is an absolute beast. He is a, a monster. He's going to have that backfield to himself going into the 2021 season. And if Jacksonville gets the quarterback upgrade that we're all anticipating, right, we're all anticipating 
them getting the number two pick and, and landing Justin Fields, it's an instant upgrade to that entire offense. They've got an improved offensive line. You had Justin Fields. And if something crazy happens, if something crazy happens and the Jets win a game or two and Jacksonville loses out and they're in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, the Jets are going to go on 16. Uh, they could have Trevor Lawrence. Either way, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, both of those players are floor-raising quarterbacks. Those are players who are going to help that entire offense flourish. So that's going to be a good a good situation for James Robinson moving forward. And then the final guy, uh, T. Higgins, man. T. Higgins, again, one of those players who was who were one of my top uh, rated wide receivers coming into this 2020 season. I just didn't think it was going to happen this season. I didn't think it was going to happen this season. I thought they would lean on... Joe Mixon, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. He was going to be sprinkled in the passing game. You still have Tyler Boyd. Thought John Ross was going to take a step forward here. Uh, he's been on IR the whole damn season. You still had A.J. Green. Uh, who knows what was going to happen at the tight end position with C.J. Uzama or Drew Sample. And T. Higgins has proven to be... Hell, the best of the wide receivers out of that group, man. Tyler Boyd is is a rock solid wide receiver too, but T. Higgins is definitely the the wide receiver of the future, the alpha in that offense. Should have been included on that list over some of the misses. Henry Ruggs was a miss. Lavisca Chenault a miss. J.K. Dobbins, Jalen Rager miss. Cam Akers a miss. So those were some of the the players that did make my top twelve rookies entering the season that didn't perform. And a couple of those names we'll hear uh, me talk about here in the next couple of minutes as twenty twenty rookies that I expect to rebound or to really take a step forward in twenty twenty one. And I want to start with the player. He's 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 the honorable mention of the group. He's not he's not in my five, but he's right there. And I'm talking about Las Vegas wide receiver, not Henry Ruggs, but Brian. Edwards, Brian Edwards, the wide receiver from South Carolina, the six foot three, two hundred and twelve pound uh, dominant college producer, had one of the earliest breakout ages ever recorded. He was dominating. He was commanding a massive opportunity share, market share. The targets were going his way. The yards were going his way. As a freshman, as a 17-year-old true freshman in the SEC. One more time. 17 years old in the SEC, he was commanding a significant portion of South Carolina's passing yards, receiving yards, receptions, touchdowns. I mean, he he was doing that as an, a 17-year-old in the SEC. That blows my mind. Most of us were around trying to freaking dry hump at 17 years old, and he's out there dominating senior and junior cornerbacks in the SEC. So Brian Edwards on the season, eight receptions, 131 yards. According to player profiler, best comparable to Corey Davis. Uh, doesn't have any testing metrics. He was hurt for the combine, didn't work out at a pro day because of COVID. But Brian Edwards, I, I said this multiple times that I believed that he could be uh, the the 1A, the alpha in that offense come 2021. And I still feel like that. I, I, I know Henry Ruggs truthers are there. Um, Ruggs, is, Ruggs serves a role. Ruggs is ultra talented. Ruggs has the speed and the athleticism. I just don't think he's going to be a consistent wide receiver at the NFL level. Sorry, I just don't see it happening for Henry Ruggs. Uh, as long as Darren Waller's there, that's going to be the alpha, right? Darren Waller is the alpha. 
But I do believe that when you're talking about the wide receivers, Brian Edwards can make that step forward next year. And everybody that I'm talking about are players that I've either traded for or want to acquire in Dynasty. So I'm not just saying this and not backing up what I'm saying. Like I'm practicing what I preach. I've, I've, I've traded. I traded David Montgomery and TJ Hawkinson in a league where I had tons of tight ends, Pat Fryer, Mute, Darren Waller, John o. Smith for Antonio Gibson and Brian Edwards. So I do believe in the talent. Uh, hopefully the Raiders, they, you know, sometimes crockpot car looks good and other times he looks horrible. So I don't know if they're going to upgrade the quarterback position, but Brian Edwards is a player that I still want to invest in in Dynasty. Now let's get into the top five, the top five at number five. I want to talk about Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims, wide receiver of the New York Jets at six foot three, 207, 210 pounds, best comparable to Chris Godwin, 438, 40 yard dash, 96 percentile, 96 percentile speed score, 90th percentile burst score, 95th percentile catch radius. Denzel Mims is good. Denzel Mims is good. He missed damn near the whole first half of the season with a hamstring injury. When he comes back, you think the Jets are going to ease him into play? No, they don't. They throw him out there. He's running 98% snaps, 98% routes. He's he's out there. He looks good. On the season, he doesn't have huge numbers. 17 receptions, 284 yards. Averaging 16.7 yards of reception, which is good. But you see the talent when he's on the field. And the good thing about Denzel Mims, just like we talked about James Robinson in an improved offensive situation, they are going to land Trevor Lawrence. And worst case, worst case scenario, this is the worst case scenario, they get Justin Fields. And Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are floor-raising quarterbacks. Understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying that uh, floor-raising quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, uh, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, doesn't matter who's out there at, at wide receiver, those quarterbacks, you drop them on a team and they instantly make that team better immediately. Floor raising quarterbacks, right? Andrew Luck was a floor raising quarterback. You take Trevor Lawrence and you drop him on this New York Jets team right now with Adam Gase, with all the weapons around him. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying this is a 10 win team, a six win team a five-win team, but this team operates better. They are a better football team with a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence on the field immediately. That is that is without question, without a shadow of a doubt. He's a floor-raising type quarterback. So when you have that coming in, and when you look at the Jets' weaponry, man, it's not bad. Rashad Perryman's a competent deep threat. Chris Herndon, I know he hasn't done shit in two years, but as a as a I just want to say as a true freshman, as a rookie, he showed promise. People were were excited about what Chris Herndon could be. Jamison Crowder is an outstanding slot receiver. Denzel Mims has shown to be a capable ex-alpha wide receiver. You add Trevor Lawrence to the mix, the team is better. So I want Denzel Mims. I want to buy into that talent. I want to buy into his collegiate profile. I want to buy into the fact that I don't believe Adam Gase is going to be there. I know it's a running joke. Dude, he's going to be gone. Adam Gase is going to be gone. And if he's not, then... Damn. Sorry for all of us if he's if he's not gone. But Denzel Mims, my fifth... 2020 rookie, fifth player from these 2020 bounce back rookies that I think shows some promise in 2021. All right, at number four, my man, my guy, Jalen Rager, wide receiver of the Philadelphia Eagles. On the season, Rager, 19 receptions, 220 yards, one touchdown. 
it hasn't been good for Philadelphia. It, it hasn't been good for Philadelphia in any way, shape, or form. Hadn't been good for Wentz. Hasn't been good for Miles Sanders. Hasn't been good for Travis Fulgham. It started out okay. It's just a shit show in Philadelphia. And because of that, Rager is not able to, he, he's not able to do what I thought he could do. I'm sorry, folks. I, I, I really thought that coming into the season with Deshaun Jackson, with Zach Ertz, with Dallas Goddard, he was in a pro, like the landing spot on paper seems so beautiful, but that's what this game of football does to you. It takes what you think and slaps you in the damn face and says, go sit your ass down. You don't know anything and always be ready for the unpredictable. And this 2020 season, hell, 2020 has been unpredictable from the start to the finish. So uh, what do we do, man? I mean, what do you do? I still believe in the talent. I believe in the collegiate profile. He too had an early breakout age, had an early dominator rating. He was the man at TCU. They're trying to get him involved. The offense just flat out stinks. And there's a, a, a very real possibility that Doug Peterson's gone, that Harry Roseman's gone. I don't know if Carson Wentz is the, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is the answer, um, but I mean, Rager's a player that I'm still buying the first round draft capital. I'm still buying the talent. Jalen Rager, I think, is a bounce back candidate and somebody and all these players on this list, you should be able to get at a discount in Dynasty because of the lack of production in this 2020 season. Now, player number three on this list is Cam Akers, the running back for the St. Louis, St. Louis Rams. Look how I'm showing my age here. St. Louis Rams, the, the Los Angeles Rams. Cam Akers on the season has 59 rush attempts for 285 yards, one touchdown. He's got three receptions on the season as well with a TD. Cam Akers, five foot 10, 217 pounds, 447 yard, 440 yard dash. Best comparable to Marlon Mack. He's in this weird three-headed rotation, man, with Malcolm Brown. Like, stop, McVay. What are you doing? Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers. Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson. It's simple, man. It's simple. Stop, stop rolling out Malcolm Brown, taking away touches from his kid, man. This... Cam Akers showed last week versus San Francisco the talent, right? He's got he's got the talent. He has the ability. He's learning the position. Florida State, and this is not hyperbole, had one of the worst offensive lines that we've seen in college football over the last 20 years. Absolutely atrocious. I believe in 2018, their offensive line accounted for two positive rushing yards on the entire season, not just with Cam Akers in the backfield, with every damn runner, with every quarterback, they accounted for two positive yards. That's how bad of an offensive line Florida State was dealing with. And, you know, Jared Goff is not playing well right now, man. He, he He's a game manager. You know, Jared Goff, the, the quarterback position in the NFL is just... A lot of people t saying, oh, gee, man, you're saying five quarterbacks are going to go in round one? Yeah, I do. I believe five quarterbacks are drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. And that's not to say that Goff is going to be cut or Wentz is going to be cut or Jimmy Garoppolo will be cut or Kirk Cousins will be cut or Drew Locke will be cut. But they can go sit their ass on the bench because some of those dudes ain't it, man. They're not it. Taysom Hill is not it. Drew Locke is not it. Jared Goff is not looking like he is it. He's looking okay. Carson Wentz. I don't know, man. You know, Drew Brees may be done. I, there, there's going to be a quarterback carousel, and that doesn't mean they're coming in and starting, 
but book it. Five quarterbacks are going to be drafted in round one in 2021. But back to Cam Akers. Cam Akers is the running back that I believe is still a top 15 dynasty running back that just has not broken out yet. And once he gets that opportunity, he will seize it. So if you can acquire a Cam Akers on the low at a discount right now because people think he stinks because he's not getting the carries, that's a player that I'm very much invested in. He's 21 years old, y'all. He's 21. He's 21. He's got so much time to learn. It's crazy, right? Think about it. Joe Mixon feels like he's been in the NFL for 10 years and he's only 24 years old. Like this is, Ronald Jones is 23 and he's been in, this is his third, fourth season in the league. Cam makers go out and acquire Cam makers for, for, from the owners who, who don't think he's going to turn into anything. Definitely a bounce back rookie for me in 2021. Now at number two, number two. Now, this one is interesting because this player was on the right on the brink of going berserk. I, I believe he was right on the cusp of going haywire this season, and it just didn't happen. He he, he got hurt. A uh, little bit of COVID hit. I uh, feel like we haven't seen him in weeks. Right? Feels like we haven't seen him in weeks. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver of the San Francisco 49ers, is a stud. He's a top 20 dynasty wide receiver for me. A lot of people talk about Lamb and Higgins and Jefferson and, and Rager and Judy and Chenault and, and Pittman and Claypool. And we don't talk about Ayuk. Ayuk, 35 receptions, 446, three touchdowns, running the ball in the backfield, multiple touchdowns on the ground in a Kyle Shanahan offense with a situation where they're going to get a better quarterback. My goodness, who doesn't want the yak monster, Debo Samuel, George Kittle? Uh, if they Man, if they draft Travis Etienne, oh my God, the, the, the offense is complete. It's like Thanos getting the soul stone. I mean, it's it's going to be fun. And Brandon Ayuk is a big part of that offense. Best comparable to Victor Cruz, yak monster, 22 years old, 92nd percentile burst score, 64th percentile speed score, was dealing with a little bit of a core muscle injury at the combine. Let's get it, baby. Brandon Ayuk is a player. Again, when you're talking about these top rookie wide receivers, you get your usual top five, and then you get your Michael Pittmans, and then you get your LaVisca Chenaults, and people aren't, aren't talking about Ayuk, man. Ayuk was a first-round pick for a higher draft capital than Debo Samuel. This dude is a playmaker, phenomenal wide receiver. Go get Brandon Ayuk. Go get you some Brandon Ayuk. He's a talented, talented player. I want him. I want him. I need him. He's good. You need to go get him as well. Now, my top player, top bounce back player, we've seen the flashes. We see what he can do. He was a mega producer at college. He's in an offense that fits his skill set. He's just in a crowded backfield right now, but that backfield is about to, 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 to even out. It's about to dissipate and open the doors and pave the way for J.K. Dobbins. J.K. all day. That's right. My number one player to really smash in 2021. He hasn't been bad this year. He just hasn't had the opportunity, right? 72 carries, 380 yards, averaging 5.3 reception, uh, 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 rush, three touchdowns, and very, very active in the receiving game. 17 receptions. Receptions on 22 targets, phenomenal, especially seeing as Lamar Jackson is, is a quarterback who likes to run the ball and not dish it down to the running backs, but to see him involved in the receiving game. Gus Edwards signed a one-year deal, so he is a restricted free agent at the end of this season, and I think he's going to get a, a solid qualifying offer from a team to go be a lead back somewhere else. Gus Edwards is straight, man. He's not 
great, but he's damn sure not bad. And his agent is Drew Rosenhaus. He's going to get him a job somewhere. Then you look at Mark Ingram and they can get out of his contract. Uh, only 1.3 million in dead cap. If they get rid of him after this season, I mean, yeah, Mark Ingram, 30 year old running back, going to be 31 next year. He's lost it. He's not the same. Continuing to give him carries is just, it's, it's not good. It's not a good situation. It's not a good process. Go ahead and roll with JK Dobbins, Justice Hill. It's going to be a fun backfield. Dobbins, one of those players who didn't test at the combine because of an injury but 2,000 rushing yards in his final year at Ohio State, catching the ball, high school, one of the highest spark scores that we've seen. Dude is an absolute monster. And I said this on a show that I believe that Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins' backfield is the most dynamic duo in the NFL. And I still believe that to be true. You know, a lot of people forget a lot of people forget that or don't think about the fact that their receiving weapons are terrible. Marquise Brown isn't a number one. Willie Sneed isn't the number one or number two, but he's operating as the number one or the number two. You've got Mark Andrews, who's a bona fide all pro, right? But outside of that, that's it. That's it. Devin DuVernay, okay, but he's still a rookie. He's not an alpha. Their offensive line, they're down two all pro, pro bowl caliber players, Ronnie Stanley, the left tackle and Marshall Yonda, one of the best offensive guards in the league. Both of those players were injured for the season. That doesn't help Lamar. That doesn't help the passing attack. And that doesn't help the rushing attack. You get those two players back. You find an alpha wide receiver. You go get you a, a number, a true number one. You, you draft more help around Lamar Jackson, whether it be offensive line play, whether it be wide receivers That offense takes a step forward. I think J.K. Dobbins and Lamar Jackson are discount buys right now. In Dynasty, I want both of them if I can get them. But J.K. Dobbins is a player, my number one bounce-back candidate, my number one breakout player uh, for the 2021 season. So when we're looking at these six players again, Brian Edwards, Denzel Mims, Jalen Rager, Cam Akers, Brandon Ayuk, and J.K. Dobbins. Some players that I didn't mention that I do think are, are, are talented. You've got Zach Moss from Buffalo. Zach Moss, I think he's going to be the starting running back heading into next year. And we're starting to see he and Devin Singletary show some glimpses in that offense as well. A.J. Dillon, nah. Darrington Evans, nah. Michael Pittman's already showing what he can do in that Indianapolis Colts offense. So uh, Jalen Hurts, what can he be with Carson Wentz moving forward? Still another player. If we're talking about investing in those players, Jalen Hurts is somebody I'm trying to acquire a few, 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 few of him on my roster. I want a little bit of Jalen Hurts. So Overall, man, this this 2020 class has been it's been phenomenal. You know, some of the players that we thought were going to do well uh, didn't. Uh, some of that was their own doing; they just haven't looked well. And some of it was offensive situation just hasn't really panned out the way that we thought it would. Right in this this weird injury COVID filled season, and some players that we didn't see coming, like the James Robinsons, like the Chase Claypools, have not just not only exceeded our expectations, but that submitted themselves to some of the top fantasy assets right now. And in dynasty startups, you see that reflected in their draft capital. So uh, as we as we wrap up this whole rookie review, rookie report, rookie wrap up, it, it's been a fun ride. We'll do this again next week. I know we still have a couple of weeks left in the season and start to talk about some different things from these rookies, talk about our MVPs, talk about our cornerstone players, update some rankings, things of that nature. Just want to let y'all know that I appreciate you rocking with me this season. I hope some of the advice has helped you succeed in fantasy, if, has, has sort of opened your eyes to a different way to think about some things. I'm, I'm on a quest. I'm on a quest to to 
uncomplicate the game of football. Football isn't that hard, man. It's you got good players. He was good in college. He was good in high school. He got the draft capital. There's an opportunity. He should be good. Now, does that always play out? No. I mean, if that was the, if it were that simple, NFL teams would never miss, right? But it, football isn't a hard game, man. Sometimes you just see it and you know, like that player's good. If he gets an opportunity, then he's going to be good. I mean, it's, it's, I know there's a lot of data and, and analytics and things of that nature. And I use that inside of my process, but ultimately, man, are you a baller or are you not? And when you get your opportunity, can you seize it, take advantage? And some of these players like an Antonio Gibson, 33 carries, he's not going to be good. Fucking great, man. I want Antonio Gibson, uh, you know, uh, you know, CeeDee Lamb, oh, he's in a situation. There's Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. There's not going to be enough. CeeDee Lamb's dope, man. I don't care how many people are there. He's, the cream is going to rise to the top, and CeeDee Lamb has done that. So I'm on a quest to uncomplicate, to simplify the game of football, and in turn, help us in fantasy. So if you like the content, subscribe to the channel, uh, lock in. we got some good stuff cooking at Destination Debbie. I can't tell you how awesome the community is, the patrons, the squad members, patreon.com forward slash all gas. New show by my man Ben Eby, Mr. Underscore Eby on Twitter. Check him out in the Elite Seeker show that comes out on the Destination Debbie channel. My boy Jay Rich dropping nuggets, little strategy chips, uh, strategy tips here on the channel to help you Debbie and Dynasty better. And I'm actually working with somebody right now uh, to be an injury analyst over there uh, with Destination Debbie to help provide insight into these upcoming collegiate prospects, um, what we should be weary of, what we should be, you know, kind of kind of thinking about from injuries that they suffered in high school or in college. So all of this is happening. All this is happening. If you want exclusive access to me, the rankings, you know where to go on Patreon. And if you just like the content, man, continue. I'm going to continue to drop free free gems on here for you. YouTube, podcast, all I do is ask that you like, subscribe to the show. Greatly appreciate it. Salute to you. Be safe. Be great. Go do your thing, man. But I'm done rambling. I'm out of this. Peace.